Welcome to the Dental CEO Show. I'm Dr. Sam Dar. And I'm Samantha Leonard. And we are the co-founders of Stream Dental HR. We started the show to talk about everything they didn't teach us in dental school, about running a business, managing a team, and being a leader. And as the CEO and office managers, it's your responsibility to hire the right people, onboard and integrate them with the right systems, motivate, engage, and lead them to success. With our experience owning, managing, and operating six multi-million dollar practices, we learned a thing or two on what not to do and eventually what our secret formula for success was. And it all boiled down to people and processes. That's what brought us lots of profit and success. Join us as we dive into everything from hiring, leadership, communication, systems, scaling, and HR. The most fundamental pieces to turn your practice from survival mode into growth mode. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dental CEO Show. Over the last year and a half, the world economy has changed. And maybe the plan that you had about expanding your empire or starting your first practice was either delayed, or maybe you're searching for a new strategy and growth plan for success for your empire. So that's why we have a very special guest on this show to be able to help us learn from this crazy landscape, uh, what it looks like, what should we be doing, the do not do list, and how are we going to be preparing for this coming year. So we have a special guest, Darren Shanahan from Avail Dental. Welcome to the Dental CEO Show. Thank you, Samantha. It is a huge honor to be working with you and getting to speak to your audience as well. I mean, I love what you do. I love your energy. I love the concepts. Everything that you do is just so amazing for our joint clients. Like you just do the work that they don't need to do, but need to do, right? They don't want to do, but need to do. Yeah. yeah, just like yeah. you. You guys are amazing at what you do. And I've known you for for many, many years, but maybe uh, you might be new to some of our listeners. So why don't you tell a, tell them a little bit about yourself and what you do at Avail Dental? Yeah, so I've been in the dental industry now for, I don't know, close to 16 years, I guess, um, with Avail uh, Dental Exit Advisory Services. Long name, amazing results. I'm going to steal that one from uh, <laughs> uh, from the marketing world. Uh, <laughs> copyright pending. Um, but essentially, the way I got into it was I was a financier. I was a banker. I was, you know, I'd done financial planning, leadership, management, own, you know, ran ran branches, fixed branches, that kind of stuff for a major bank in Canada. And I was working in the dental industry and I discovered that there was a gap in what people were getting in terms of transition planning, appraisals, and just wanted to make it better. And I was lipping off to a buddy of mine. He says, well, why don't you put your money where your mouth is and show me that you can actually do this. Um, so that's the invention of Avail after a couple of years of business planning, um, two years of business planning, licensing, uh, now we're uh, 12 staff, three provinces, um, uh, six reps basically in that 12 team. Um, and we just do uh, basically everything from the transition plan, like uh, letters of opinion for a client, benchmark reviews, um, full valuations, planning for sale, how to get them to the sale point, what are their considerations, what do they need to know, and then business planning for people who are doing startups as well um, to kind of help them understand their financing side of it and understand their numbers and where to get those numbers and how to derive them and <laughs> what to figure out. So yeah, everything that I love to do about business, uh, all for dentistry. Um, 
It's amazing about what you guys do. And I think we can definitely have a podcast for each of those episodes because they're, you're right. There's just not enough information out there. Um, practice owners, you know, there's, they're, they're juggling so many things, um, not only from being a practitioner, but then also, you know, knowing the numbers, doing the accounting, growing your business. How many new patients do I need to see? What's my ROI need to look like? Um, what do my team need to be doing? Right. And so there's just so many things that they're trying to do in between patients that having a, a great advisory service like yourself can definitely help them make sure that they're the biggest investment that they're making, they're able to grow it. They're able to make a profit and they're able to scale it and who knows, maybe eventually sell it. Right. So it's just fantastic with what you guys do. Wow. We love it. We are number geeks. Um, <laughs> to the core, we have spreadsheets out the wazoo. Uh, so, well, let's, so we'll, let's, why don't, why we'll don't we talk about, yeah, exactly. Why don't we dive into all of those juicy yeah. numbers and details? Um, sure. Uh, but I guess before we kind of dive into those pieces, I know, I'm sure you probably experienced this uh, firsthand with a lot of the clients that you're working with, but this last year and a half was uh, kind of a doozy. There was a lot of things that changed. So why don't we kind of talk about, I guess, market trends, where we're at right now, and then maybe that might make it a little bit easier for practice owners to kind of see, okay, what, what do I need to do um, for my business? Or maybe if I'm looking to buy or start a practice. Essentially, what do I need to do right now during a pandemic is what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. Well, you know, the good news, everyone got a little break last year. Um, everyone was kind of shut down, had to figure out the whole HR thing, lay people off. Um, the other good piece that came out of that was people actually started paying attention to their numbers. Right. You know, they were forced to look at their expenditures and say, what do I keep? What do I not keep? Um, so for 90% of the dental community, they succeed in spite of themselves without looking at their numbers because it's a nice profit margin business. So for the most part, you can do that. But what it did do is it actually increased profits in some areas because some people were like, why am I paying $65 an hour to someone to plan our Christmas party? Um, you know, allocating proper jobs and duties to the proper people. So um, the pandemic shut down banking, it shut down financing, it caused the bankers to relook at, you know, how do I assess a practice? Where do the risks are? So bankers are potentially, I'm going to say, doing what they always maybe should have been doing instead of rubber stamping dental deals. Now they're really looking into that client and saying, are you the one that should be buying this clinic in this area with these details at this time? So the banking world opened up September 2020, kind of everyone was back to financing again, but under a new, more tightened guidelines. So great news. We were already prepared for that. Our appraisals and stuff like that, just pick a part of practice. We already know where the skeletons are hiding, uh, where the issues are, and we value based on the profitability of the practice. So uh, practices are getting more profitable, but also there are still cores of practices like downtown Edmonton, downtown Calgary, uh, some rural areas that had higher exposure to COVID and maybe didn't adapt, uh, haven't gone back to normal booking times, who are still struggling in the marketplace. Yeah. Uh, but the demand is still there. There is not a glut on the market uh, by any means at all. Um, people who are planning to sell just put it off. Um, those who are still thinking about selling and worried about their 2020 year, we normalize all that COVID stuff out anyway. If your practice is back to where it should be or back to where the normal numbers are, you're fine. You're ready to go. So all we needed to see was four to six months of return to revenue 
proper revenue, patients returning, hygiene schedule, rebooking, and that proved that that practice was back on track. So what would you say if I was a practice owner and I was starting to maybe like think, is this a good time for me to, let's say to buy a practice? What does the, the landscape look like right now for that? Uh, it's, it's very competitive right now. Um, buyers are bidding against other buyers. I know when we put a practice on the market, uh, literally we can sell it inside of a weekend. Um, once you price things, it's like a house. If you price it right and bring the right buyers to it, you can, you can sell it quickly with the right conditions and the right scenarios. But as a buyer, you need to do your homework, understand the area, um, understand you know the hygiene in the practice as the, are the, as the return um, as the return of revenue come back um, so at, in terms of the income and the hygiene stream, um, is it a stable location? Has it been stable? Do I need to worry that uh, you know as people return back to work, uh, return back to their homes, are they are return back to their offices? Are they going to go back downtown? You know, what's the demographic? Was there a big spike in revenue for that particular practice over the last eight months? And am I paying for that? Um, and then I think, you know, anytime you buy cash flow, it's all just about validating that, right? So it's still a good time to buy. Uh, yes, Alberta is probably still one of the most expensive places to buy a practice. Um, there's no Toronto, uh, Toronto numbers are <laughs> three to Under four times, um, oh. more multiples of returned earnings, um, just because of the supply and demand, right? Supply and demand governs all. And it's still the same thing here in the Prairie provinces. We've seen that push numbers up, but it's still a reasonable return for a buyer to expect to get a return back on their practice. So as long as that return is there for you. Making that investment shouldn't scare you, but then of course you want to make sure you're doing your homework on that practice. Mm. So it's still a little scarier time because the banks are putting more pressure on. Right. Accountants are scrutinizing things the way they should be as well and have always done. Um, and buyers are cautious. So that cautious piece of a buyer is a good thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, I appreciate you walking through that because there's, I think there's a lot of things that you had listed off that probably some of the, the, the people who are listening right now are, are going to rewind and, and listen to all of those pieces again, because there was just so many great points that you brought out there in terms of what to look for right now. So I, I know we kind of talked a little bit more about the, the numbers in terms of, you know, seeing over COVID, what, what are some of the things that we should be looking for? But I guess like, what are your top threes? So if a, if a buyer was like coming in um, and and looking at the appraisal, like what are the three things that if this does not meet, do not pass go? Do not pass go if the profitability is not there and you can't make it get there, right? You shouldn't be paying for potential of a practice, right? If a practice is 1.1 million and, you know, for example, the valuation is based on a 1.5 <laughs> Um, million dollar revenue model, or it takes you $1.5 million in revenue to make the practice profitable, then you may be overpaying for that practice. So understanding what you're buying, is it you're buying cash flow or you're buying assets in that particular location? Uh, but that's the key thing, right? It's debt servicing. And of course, banks and accountants are amazing at that kind of stuff because they're going to be like, there's no return. There's no bottom line on this thing. Um, you know, maybe rent's too high. Maybe 
staffing costs are built in to be too high. Um, maybe, you know, if you've done like sundries and some of those other things that you've spent too much money on, a new buyer can come in and adjust those things. Those are things you could kind of fix. Um, but getting rid of staff, as you know, very, very tough. <laughs> so if there's mm -hmm. a staff model there, um, either they need to be get, you know, removed from the situation before the sale or are compensated for in the numbers to show that the profitability is lower because we have a stereo tech on or something like that. So, right. um, so profitability is the key. Yep. Um, sustainability is number two. And so that's having a good hygiene program, that's having okay. a good recall program, you know, long-term uh, staff associated with that. I mean, having good hygienists um, and, and of course, good contracts for those staff members as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, so few of our offices actually do that. Um, and, but we, scary. All, yeah, I know, but and we encourage all the buyers to say, okay, well, this is not in place now, but yeah. now is the perfect opportunity to do that. Um, I would say the other third piece is location, 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 like anything else, any business book you read, any business modeling, anything, it's got to be a sustainable location long-term. What's going on in the marketplace around you? Who's building up? You know, where are the patients? <laughs> where mm -hmm. is it headed? <laughs> you try yeah. to forecast and where it's headed. Um, yeah, those are probably the, probably the three things that I kind of okay. like are like non-starters for me. Okay. Okay. Perfect. No, I, I, like you said, it's, it's really just looking into the future because like you, you know, we can put together a nice little spreadsheet and say, Hey, here's the numbers. And I'm sure a lot of those things kind of get, um, you know, fluffed up, let's call it uh, a little bit. Um, and so it's just making sure that you've got all of the pieces that kind of make sense, not only right now with the amount that you're investing into it, but then long-term because three, six, nine months from now, what's it going to look like? Yeah. And that's where I've always, even though people kind of push back for years and said, I don't really, it's, it's, I don't want you to do a business plan. It's an existing business. Yes, you do. Uh, you want to do a business plan because you want to understand that business almost better than the owner of the business did themselves. So when you're looking at the practice and doing your uh, business plan is how am I going to change this or how am I going to keep this model from being broken? Um, those are the two things, right? You know, what are we going to change? What's the financing? You know, what's the financial picture going to look like? And then what's the practice picture going to look like? How is that going to change under my management? Am I, am I capable of running teams? You know, if I'm not, let's figure that out. Am I capable of understanding the financial side of it? If not, bring in, bringing in an expert, um, you know, have bookkeeping, accounting, you know, there's lots of resources out there for these owners, right? Um, mm -hmm. But you still need to understand how your impact on those numbers relates to your results, because you don't want to be the person that paid $1.5 million for your practice. And in eight to 12 months, you're on the bankruptcy side of things. Yeah, unfortunately, we've, we've seen a few of those in, in our days. And it's like you said, I think that really important point, you need to know the business better than the, the seller. Yeah, because it's so true. It's, you know, maybe potentially that practice has been under that same uh, uh, owner for 30 plus years. And probably for the last five years, they've kind of been in more of like this maintenance mode of like, hey, we're just going to maintain how things are right now. I know I'm going to sell it. So, you know, let's just carry on until I find that right buyer. Um, and then that buyer has to come in and they need to 
turn that pipe on and get some more cash flow coming in. So you have to do things differently. And in order to know what to do differently, you got to know what they're currently doing and the potential of it. Yeah, maybe you're adding implants to it. Maybe you're adding Invisalign. Maybe you can't do the 85 implants that that practice is already doing. So that's going to be a revenue loss. Or if they're doing ortho and you don't do ortho, um, yeah, where are the cracks? Yeah, no, it's it's like you said, it, just going through it like a fine tooth comb and just yeah, we'll, seeing. We'll definitely do another podcast on that one, Samantha. <laughs> sometimes sure. it's hard, have a hard time shutting me up so <laughs> <laughs> no I'm always just taking notes every single time we talk I always learn so much from you um so I know we're kind of talking about like acquiring a practice but what about selling an office like if I was a practice owner and you know I, I'm burnt out from COVID and I'm going I don't know if I have it in me to continue doing this for another five ten years maybe this is the time to sell what are some things that they should be doing to increase their value proposition? I think, um, you know, it's kind of one of the things that we do for sellers all the time or people planning to sell is a benchmark review, right? So understanding where your KPIs are in your practice, understanding where your profit level is, um, knowing what your current value is and can you actually change it? So that's the big thing with getting ready to sell is understanding your current value. If it's only worth, you know, 1.5 and you're thinking it's worth 3 million and you're planning your retirement on that. Well, that's first thing we do. That's step one. <laughs> Let's figure out what your value is. Go after tax, go financial planner and make sure that what you're getting here on the market, because um, it's a great time to sell. I mean, there's a ton of buyers out there and finding the right buyer is not going to be a problem that whatever practice you have, there generally is a buyer for it right now. So as a seller, you've got lots of options, but that doesn't mean it's still going to sell for that $3 million you think it's worth um, or the 3 million that you need for your retirement. <laughs> so, um, but planning and understanding it's like anything else, right? You just need to do uh, that ounce of planning and understanding what your true bottom line is, what someone will be buying, what someone will be willing to pay. And then what that translates into for cash in your jeans when you go to sell and then how long you're going to have to stay on during that transition is also what we plan out too. So we are so, you know, if you want to be done, I uh, guys who are like, Oh no, 2025 is kind of what I'm thinking about. Right. So, okay. So, Hey, 2022, we need to revisit things again, <laughs> make sure you're set up, make sure tax planning, financial planning, everything is all in line. And then let's look at your practice again. Let's make sure that everything is running. The machine is running. The thing that you've created, this baby that you've been nurturing for all these years is going to produce revenue for you to give you back some of that time and effort as well. Because that's your blood, sweat and tears too, right? I mean, that's another big part of your portfolio that no one ever checks. You know, everyone gets a financial statement from their broker, you know, oh, here's my investment portfolio or, hey, I've got an online portfolio I check every six hours. Um, and trade stocks on. So I know what that's worth uh, down to the penny, probably. <laughs> and if I had Bitcoin, maybe it's worth more. Um, but everyone gets a tax assessment on their properties, you know, so we know what the value are for these other, but understanding what the value of. Thank you for joining us on this episode. Join us on our next episode for more great conversations, strategies, and inspirations to help you grow and scale your team and business. 
If you love our show, make sure to leave a review, share it with your fellow dental friends, and remember to follow us and join our email list at streamdentalhr.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and even TikTok. See you next time.